Hey folks, you know the drill. Help us with a survey. This is a poem for justice. Justice means advertising. Because words. Sorry. The survey is at bandlibrary.com and it will help us not be assholes. We won't track you. Just want to know how you listen to us. Anonymous. Poem over. Podcast start. Welcome to the Banned Library Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about books that have been banned or censored or otherwise removed from school reading lists, libraries, study rooms, where sometimes you have to go and record a podcast and there's random noise that's going to happen. And there's no control you have over that and you try to edit out as much as possible, but guess what? Things just happen sometimes and we're sorry. Like whatever that weird groaning noise is. So just heads up today, may have some odd noises or echo effects or I don't really know what's going on here, but we'll see. Today we're going to be listening to or reading, we went through You Hear Me, poems by teenage boys. It's an interesting, I don't usually do poetry and I don't do a lot of poetry because I don't feel really qualified to do poetry, to study it, to break it down, to tell you all about it, what I feel about it. It's sort of like painting for me. I could probably do it. Some people have said the things I did were okay, but, well, I don't know why it's good. You know what I mean? It's sort of one of those things for me. So, if my analysis of some of these poems is not as good as it could be, it's because I only really took two classes in poetry in college, and they sort of went over my head beyond the, you know, usual random surveys of Wordsworth and Whitman and I don't know. My analysis isn't always the best, is what I'm saying. It's one of those, I know what I like and I don't like, and that's about it. I don't really have too many po- um, ideas on poetry, imagery, things like that. The Hoopty Doodle, John Steinbeck, fancy, pretty writing. I'm not good at it. What was kind of shocking is who the editor of this collection of short stories was. Her name is Betsy Franco. She's a children's author, poet, and editor, and she was raised in Shaker Heights, Ohio. She earned her BA in studio art at Stanford University. She became a mother to three young boys and turned her creative focus to writing for and painting for children. Uh, in an interview with Stanford Magazine, she described her process as, quote, I love putting together elements that normally don't go together, such as math and poetry, or counting and with bird songs. It's like a chemistry experiment. You put them together and wait for the explosion. She's the author of dozens of books for young audiences, several poetry collections. She has edited several anthologies of poetry, including this one and, well, a couple other ones. And what kind of shocked me, what I didn't realize when I did this, is that we well, may know her son because her son is the actor James Franco. Uh, they produced a documentary with her other son, Dave. Uh, the stage version of her 
debut young adult novel, Metamorphosis, junior year. Production was put on by the Palo Alto Children's Theater in 2011. She collaborated with all three of her sons on that production. Her son Tom provided illustrations, and James and David recorded the audio version. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Allison. Uh, she currently lives in Palo Alto, California, and she's a member of the comedy troupe Suburban Squirrel. And I just got most of that bio stuff from, I think, her website and a couple other general books. Kind of fascinating. I did not know. I don't think I've really, outside of, you know, like Harper Lee, like the authors are usually famous themselves. I don't have, like, famous adjacent folks with the books. So in general, um, after compiling... Another collection of poetry called Things I Have to Tell You by Teenage Girls. She decided to start compiling one for boys in 1998. That's how far back this book goes. She believed people uh, projected thoughts and beliefs onto boys that they weren't allowed to speak themselves. One author said he, and the author, like one of the teenage boys, said he, quote, couldn't relate, unquote, to other books commenting on boys' issues. This includes all kinds of voices from the suburbs to the heart of the city, which I thought was... And it's, quote, from, suburbs, from the suburbs to the heart of the city. None of them country boys out there. They're too busy, I don't know, doing country boy shit, I guess, to write poetry. It was advertising, uh, she advertised in creative journals, a website called Classroom Connect that can link to like 4,800 classrooms together and talked to her like writing projects in Detroit, Houston, Chicago. She took random samplings from just people that would send her stuff. So, yeah, she, she talked to everybody about this. So that's where a lot of these poems come from. The book is, oh, and it was published. Wow, I completely missed where it was published. It was published in 2000 by Candlewick Press. So I think we've had something else with Candlewick Press on here, but I don't remember. As for being banned, it was number 53 on the top 100 banned and challenged books, 2000-2009. And the only instance I could find was in Georgia in 2003, where it was challenged by, quote, a parent concerned about the book's language and topics, unquote, in the Houston County Public Schools. I can only assume it was retained, but I don't have any information past that. I couldn't even find a newspaper article or something about it. So I guess that just comes from the ALA complaints. Now, before we get into the poems, we want to talk about the library's poetry workshop that's coming up. You may have heard at the beginning some poetry about Taking a survey at bandlibrary.com. That's not what this is about. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> you know, taking that survey. Bandlibrary.com. This is about Fatagan Mahalan, the library's poetry workshop on the underside of the community. You know, about the deep under people. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of fish poetry so far. So please, please come by and participate. Help us out. Get us a little variety in there. Um I don't think I can hear another slam poem about salmon. It's just not something I can really handle. So I need anyone who can come. And if you don't want to come to the poetry workshop, that's fine. I can probably, if you could, help me out. Uh, go to, like, join the Friends of the Library over on Patreon. Maybe I can, like, hire poems, poets to come and talk about things other than fish. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month uh, or more, you know, hint, hint. You can get access to early episodes, weekly short story episodes, where I do like, I talk about short story April, we're doing Hemingway, so there you go. And all the writing and over like 300, I do a lot of fiction writing and over 300 posts so far. I don't even know what's on there anymore. 
there's just tons of it. So join up at patreon.com slash band library and be a friends of the library. Get your name read at the end of the podcast today. Or I guess you could send in like haikus on halibut or whatever else we get. But I, I'd, I'd please just help us out. Anyway, back to the poems of You Hear Me, Poems of Young Boys. So normally in this section, we would start getting into the plot of the book. But since this is a collection of poems and little, I don't know, is there some like interstitial, this is my life sort of things? What I'm going to do is I'll say the name of the poem, if it has one, a lot of them are untitled. And then just sort of tell you what I think it's about. Most of these are about a page, maybe three pages long. I don't think there's one more than four pages or five. They're really short. There's a bunch of them, though. So we're going to go through. The ones I like, I'll tell you. The ones I don't, I'm just going to go through them. Okay? And tell you sort of my feelings on them. So the first one's called Once. And it's about how he was full of youth and innocence, doing youthful and innocent things, and like chased snakes and hung out with his smoking grandma, and that's about it. Introductions is about a small snippet of a panic attack, saying... He's saying his name, and then says his favorite color is blue, and then, oh, no, 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 I mean, I, I just really like blue. Having that sort of panic attack, putting too much of himself out there, making people think that. Front seat rider. It's about a boy who says he likes to drive fast. And his brother likes to sit back and watch the scenery, but no, he likes to drive fast. Just because. This guy loves doc- darkness. He loves his mom. He loves acting psycho. But that doesn't mean he's a weirdo psycho person. Joker is a story about basically as being a sad clown. And that's what a lot of these are. I'll go ahead and give you a heads up. Most of these are from age 13 to, I think the oldest is like 18. I think there might be a 20-year-old in here somewhere. But it seems like a lot of these are redundant things that you've seen before. It's like these kids are just now discovering things like this, like a sad clown. And it's kind of I don't know, you get sort of, I read too many of these in a row, started to feel that Holden Caulfield, like, oh, there's just a bunch of phonies out there. I'm just the real one, you know, kids discovering their their innate talents or whatever else. Thinking that the older generation's full of shit, just like the generation did before them and the one before them and all the way back until, well, ever, I guess. Look at Dad. Running around collecting fire from lightning strikes. They didn't know we could make that. Dad saying, Well, there, the gods send fire. You can't make fire. You know that had to happen. Anyway, next one's called Dark Cellar. And he likes to hide in a rat cellar where his bad feelings are. Because that's where they go away when he hides and lets everything go away. Some of these are actually pretty deep and the imagery is really good. Some people like yelling in the library. There's this one kid, he shaved his head. He's this punk rock kid, and he shaved his head for punk rock. I don't even know if he mentions punk rock in the thing, but that's all it felt like. It was just anger. Broken glass. This is sort of a beat, yelling, poem, sort of slam thing. It's about this loser who holds grudges against winners. And he compares at the end rain to rain, like, you know, rain falling to like the reign of a king, because you just can't stand it. So, some of these are just fun. Some of these make me 
want to go back and read like poetry or whatever I wrote in high school and then burn it all. Instructions for Life is a list of things that might be ironic and might not be about like football and girls and success and I honestly don't know. That's the other problem I have with a lot of these poems. I don't know how self-aware they are. How self-aware were you when you were a teenager? Especially a teenage boy. The Torch is by a kid named Michael Jackson, which is like Michael R. Jackson, but still. This is the first really angry anthem sort of poem. It's probably for shock value. I, I couldn't really tell. Again, I don't know how self-aware most of these are. But it seems like he wants to understand where everyone else learned to grow up and start partying. All the language is included, plus imagery like, quote, semen color dresses, unquote. Sexual references to dresses coming all night. Religion used as metaphors, as Christ as a toilet cleaner and Buddha as a pussy hole. Allah as abracadabra, which might be kind of well done. As a, Again, like one of those self-aware metaphors, is that real? And there's also smoking and references to ass cracks. And This guy seemed like he just really wanted to shake you up and shock you because you're, you've gone complacent, man. Semen colored dresses. That's, I don't know what you'd call it, like opal, uh, like an opal dress. I don't even know what that is. My pockets ain't that fat. This one felt sort of like it needed music, maybe to understand what the hell it was talking about because it was just sort of a rhythm word. Ode to my hair tail. It's pretty much right there on the tin. It's, the author believes that when his hair tail gets too long, he'll leave it in a church in San Juan, Mexico, which is kind of a striking image. He just talks about how long his hair is, and when he gets long enough, he's going to go to San Juan, Texas, not Mexico, Texas, and leave it there in a church. It's just strange. Being beat up. Story of a boy with Tourette's who gets beat up all through high school and junior high, and he's suspended all the time because... Nobody really understands his condition. Even when they get in front of class and talk, he still acts out a lot. And it's really kind of, it's really good. But he's finally going to a special school, so who knows? That's where the poem sort of ends. At eighth grade. Poor kid. I am. This is actually really powerful, and I like this one. It's a good use of imagery. It tells about being hated for being gay, and then dying because of the hate. It evokes images of religion and claiming... I am God, I am goddess. They're just really good. Carabao dreams, interesting images, and a use of language and references to impart the idea of being more than labels and dreams. And like there's all these like little Filipino words and things like that scattered throughout, or it sort of gives more of a lyrical or a, I don't know, more of a good tinge to the writing itself. Just like me is a Reverence for the concept of being black and describing himself, mixing in everything that black is. Like his real reference, reverence to black. Like black is this universal color. And how he, how he connects to that. Out of my life, the author wants everything to end, including the poem, so he can burn the pencil and, quote, inhale the ashes. One of those nice little apocalyptic poems we get. Sleep. Kid wakes up pissed off about all the phonies, so he rolls over and he goes back to sleep. I hate school. It's pretty self-explanatory. Just add a whole bunch of fucks to it. I never told this to anyone. Is about an old man's house burned down, and the kid never told anyone. It's implied, but never said, that 
he had something to do with it. I'll be here is a bunch of rhyming couplets about how he's available to be there. Faces is watching faces on the bus and not recognizing anyone and feeling alone as the world passes him by. And then there's this one where the kid feels alone and depressed. It's untitled. There's not much to it. Me. The parents were second cousins, but that doesn't mean he's special or anything. Mom and dad were hippies. Dad died and left him $62,000 and he spent it all on crappy cars and drugs and now he's okay. I think this is the oldest one. He's like 20. Chant is a chant about drugs and girls and ballers and living life. Black Boy Blues is using, this one was actually pretty creative. It was like A, B, C, R, A, C, K, you know, like kind of doing a sing-song. One, two, three, spelling out how to make drugs and also dropping in like, you know, literally how to make crack and the horror of addiction and everything else. There's a Harlem Renaissance in my head is, well, that's pretty much just the Harlem Renaissance in this kid's head. And he lists all the things that are happening in there, the music, the Words of Langston Hughes, the music of jazz, and all that. Who am I in the eyes of my father? Is a really deep one about parental emotional abuse. I don't really have much else to say about it. It's just pretty good. Ode to caring. He makes his parents worry when he goes out all night. But he still goes out all night. Uh, there's an untitled poem where everything sucks. This is what it feels like. Does my mother look like this? She left them, and he sort of wonders what his mother looks like if she's out there. This one was actually pretty good. I like that one. Words on hands. Action spoke words. An ode to someone who taught him how to use words in his, and use words in his life, not to you know, act out on every impulse. Okay. Oh, my God. Seriously, there's so much fish poetry coming into the Monday night. Um, Monday nights, the dog in Mahalan. The library's poetry workshop is going up. Uh, I really need everyone to help out. It is most Mondays if the tide is out. Apparently, that's a, a thing that can lower our numbers, where it's not really worth us having it if we only have one or two. If you are willing to join us, please uh, write something original and share it. Uh, the first time at... Photogen Mahalan, you have to photogen. You can also go to the library's website, vanlibrary.com, take a survey, and join the Friends of the Library under the support link. The support link also has all our contacts, so you can submit your own fish-related poetry and reach out to us for any reason. And I'm going to go back to the poetry now, in this book, so we don't have another, some more fish poetry. That's all it is. So the next poem in the collection is My Dad and Me. Uh, his divorced dad sat him down one day with his mom and told him his dad was gay. He took it pretty hard and he shared his secret with somebody and developed empathy when his friend was like, yeah, who cares if your dad's gay, whatever, because he was ashamed by it. And he decided that's pretty much how he's going to maintain friendships. If someone feels like putting down someone else, then that's not a good person. I refuse. This kid's a dad at six months, a six-month-old. I mean, he's like 17, and he refuses to be a deadbeat dad. There's an untitled poem that's actually really good. I'll read the whole thing. Quote, What happened, Papa? What happened? Was it something I said? Did? Became? 
unquote. That one, that one just, damn. Ascension. Sadness has been to drugs and arrest and it led to anger and injustice and finally acceptance of life and everything's okay. You're better now, I guess. There's a short and sweet poem about not waiting for death, but for something else. The Bus Stop is an interesting little story. Their author was at the bus stop and saw an argument between a lady holding a baby and another guy, and the guy just started punching the shit out of the lady and knocked her down, and the kid had to hold the baby for a little bit while they argued, and then they were all fine, and they all got together and left. Got the kid back, of course. People got more. People, black people have less and need to be responsible rather than blame other people because other people got more. That's what the poem says. It's not what I believe. That's it's pretty harsh. This one's called I Want. And I'm going to read the whole thing. I want to know if there's a ghetto in heaven. That one's pretty, that's pretty damn hard. And that's, that was a good one. I don't know. That's pretty tough. Envy. It's just a poem about envy. Like a person following and talking to you and stalking you and telling you to do things poem called My Life. It's a simple, kind of a rhyming beat of his life. That's all it really is. It's really good. Bumming through Pittsburgh, maybe not. It's a palindrome poem, as if you're passing someone asking about the future. Like, so it, the first and the last line are the same, and they meet in the middle with the same, same lines. But as you pass by, it sounds the same, or the meaning changes of each line. Neighborhood Watch is a kind of a mundane list of items on the street. You know, items like games and drug gangs and drugs and violence. The Best Christmas of Onassis Rodriguez is a little story about how he went to a Christmas party with a friend of his dad's and he got like a shirt because his dad didn't have presents for him. And I don't know, this one was really good. It was just, again, I don't know if this author was self-aware enough to realize what he was writing. Tripod. This is a wrestling story. And these are sort of lumped in. You can sort of tell, like, family, and this is sort of the spark, uh, sports era. A tripod is about a wrestler losing to a one-legged wrestler and learning that, yeah, sometimes that happens. You can prepare all you want, but some people just fight different. A first love is about you know, a girlfriend or basketball. I'm not honestly sure which one that the story is about it's this guy really likes basketball or he really thinks his girl looks like a basketball i guess foul is it's spelled like you know like a technical foul but then he talks about how you know it's just being nasty and being sweaty and gross after work funky is the word he uses a lot after doing sports i love to hear this is where we get into the girls section he really likes to hear women say his name. I don't know if it's one girl in particular. I can really suss that out. The girl I like is a vague view of sort of this infatuation this kid has with this girl. A poem called Love Between Two Cultures is actually really nice. There's a Spanish version and a regular version. And it's basically saying that, you know, love crosses cultural boundaries. There's a small effective poem about jealousy. There's a poem about being undressed by eyes by someone you don't like. 
Satisfaction of an orange. This one was definitely different. There's two kids, basically. One is asking about an orange, and he wants an orange. Do you want an orange? I like oranges. And the other kid is basically just comparing it to pussy. And that's the word that's used. About wanting more, squirting, games that are played. It's just a weird one. Me and Womankind says uh, women have power over him, like a dog. And he sort of uses dog imagery. There's a woman leaving a man in bed. A whole poem about that. And we're racing down the end here if you're disliking me going through this. But it's just a lot of poems. So again, trying to give analysis when I can, but that's pretty much what it is. Scared to label relationships because of losing relationships. He doesn't like to say what things are. One poem called Julia is they had something good, but he cheated. But yet he blames the other woman he cheated with, like the temptation. Just some horseshit, but there it is. A poem called Dana. And their love should have more dreams, like a sitcom. But, you know, he's excited nonetheless that they're, they don't have the wacky life of a sitcom. But he enjoys it. Here we get into death. Uh, of earthworms and you. And there's sort of a mix of knowledge and from classes. You know, like So he compares her to like ge geometry, knowing things like that, to heartbreak itself. And it's, yeah, it's just pretty mundane sort of high school stuff. Comparison of someone to a fly without pants. This one is a weird poem. I don't know. You basically, when I, when I said death earlier, I'm sorry, death comes a little bit later. This is still a romance. Where this, this poem is untitled, and it was about, he just keeps comparing her to like, you're a fly without pants, you're a cut without a wrist. Like it's, it's all these really weird, like these strange imagery that don't really work together. I don't know. There's a poem, of course, about masturbation, about how guilty it is, how easy it is to clean up. So therefore, shouldn't it mean something more? Guts. Two kids like each other and waste time because they can't get it up to talk to one another. Male. This is your standard, you know, I sent your heart in the mail. Sort of like that, or I sent my heart to you in the mail. Floating. Uh, they were happy, and now he's alone and floating. I don't... A lot of these are just... It's, it's just interesting to see how these themes get rediscovered generation after generation. Uh, this dude's alone. He understands that love exists, but, you know, that's about all he's got. Song for My Father is a poem about a guy who lost his dad and how he talks to his dad but gets no response back. Which is kind of sad. Kind of sad. That's super sad. It's a poem called The Baby She Loved Too Much to Keep. And this one was actually really effective. Um... It's about a kid who's, the kid's close to an age where he can find out who his birth mother is. He was adopted. And he feels grateful she gave him up for a happy family. And is apprehensive about finding her. Not really sure if he's apprehensive because he has this idea of why she gave him up. Time lost forever? Question mark. Uh, this dad used to help him out a lot, but now he's... His parents got separated, and he doesn't help so much, but it's getting better. Dear God is a prayer of sorts, 
for the kind of life this kid wants. A poem for us is a mix of William Blake and Walt Whitman, sort of. It's got the imagery of Blake, but it's got sort of the, you need to read this thing aloud of Walt Whitman, because it's an anthem about how his generation hurts itself and how they should celebrate life more and all that. What is adult? I don't know, and I won't forget. I don't know. And then the last poem is, and I'm just going to read it, quote, a feeling, not necessarily, of I can, not even that, quote, things will change, but undeniable courage to see the future through. Which is honestly, is a really good lines. Unquote, sorry. That kid should be in advertising. Just a really good, you know, it's catchy, especially to end this book with. And that's where we're going to end this book. Again, a bunch of Holden Caulfields just discovering all the universal truths that the poets have been discovering forever. Maybe updating them a little bit. Giving a little bit more rhyme, a little bit more reason. Um, Please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find this episode. Thanks to our friends at the library for donating to our Patreon, helping us out with a poetry month. Uh, Naomi, Kate, Mateo, Jen, Anna First, though, Kathleen, Gregory, Kristen, Kirsten, sorry, Amanda, Elizabeth, Kat, Bob, Kimberly, Brendan, and Susan. If you want to hear your name here, join the Friends of the Library, patreon.com slash bandlibrary, or you can go to bandlibrary.com. There's that survey link. There's a support page. There's also the contact page on the support page. They're all the same page. I don't know why I keep saying the word page. Page, page, page. Send me your fish poetry or anything else. And that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Stay in. Read a book. Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.